0: Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Ignite Depot, aka Kingdom Encounter Live. I'm your. I'm the pastor here, the lead pastor, Milt Jones, and I want to thank you for joining us here tonight. Man, I guarantee you right now, in the name of Jesus, if you came with ears to hear and eyes to see, but your heart is open and ready to receive the engrafted word of God, I know that there's a word in due season tonight that will ultimately change your life forever. In fact, even as that song was going forth, I am not alone. That word that God said, that's a right now word for you, that you're not alone, even In the midst of the tests and the trials and the tribulations, he says, I am with you. In fact, that song is based off of Psalms 23, and I believe it's verse number four that says, Is that yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Because God, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They guide me. They lead me. They show me the way that I should go. They protect me. But even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of test trials and tribulations, the word of the Lord for you right now is you are not alone. Now, say say to your neighbor, say, neighbor, you are not alone. Turn to someone else and say, neighbor you are not alone. Now look yourself, look, go ahead, wipe your eyes off. If you're crying, wipe your eyes off. If you need to stand up straight, look in the mirror and say, hey, I want to remind you, you are not alone. Why are you not? How can you say you're not alone? Because God says he is with you. Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he's with you. He also says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse five, he talks about, he says, if God Before you, who can be against you if the Lord? No, he actually says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He also goes on to say this in verse number six. He says, he says, the Lord is my helper. Why? Why fear what man can do unto me? If God is for you, who can be against you? Say that with me. If God is for me, who can be against me? I'm going to tell you who absolutely no one. God is for you. I say it again. God is for you, and he's for you now in the name of Jesus. Well, again, my name is Milt Jones. I'm the the lead pastor here at Ignite Depot. I want to thank you for taking time to join us tonight on our earlier version tonight in Jesus' name. I know this word is going to change your life forever. In fact, we've been going over We've been going over a series and I'm going to go ahead and make our declaration. We're going to jump right into the word. In accordance to Isaiah 61 and one, I make this declaration in, in the name of Jesus, which says this, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. To preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, a day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint them the morning Zion, to give unto them, them beauty for ashes and all of joy for morning in the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And verse number four says this, and they shall build the old waste and they shall raise the former desolations and they shall raise... Repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Father, to you alone, we give all the glory, the honor, and praise that is due your name. Father, we thank you that this is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be exceedingly glad in it. Father, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I decrease that you may increase. All of you and none of me, let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer, writing the very oracles of your word on the tablets of their heart. Father, God, let my preaching and teaching not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the most high God. Father, I covenant with you in advance for miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit to you. We give all the glory. All the honor and all the praise in Jesus name let us all say amen. Now, and if I was to give this message a title, we've been going through a series over the last few weeks talking about the greatest trick you never saw. And over the last couple of weeks we've been talking about how God when it, when last week we we're talking about when God says enough. And the week before that, said, we talked about I'm coming out. And and both of those messages was talking about the, the, the tricks and schemes and strategies that the adversary has used against you to keep you bound, but God says, you're coming out of that. He says, and when God says enough, he, every I'm going to tell I'm going to give you this word of the Lord. He says this, he says, every temptation has an expiration date every temptation has an expiration date. Well, how do you know it has an expiration date? Because the adversary can't just keep coming at you and coming at you and coming at you and and, and trying to get victory over you because that's why it's so important for members of the body of Christ to be standing and and praying for one another. And of course, the first Timothy chapter two, verses one through four, what talks about, first of all, that supplication, prayers, intercession, given the things be made unto all men, to kings and those who are in the authority that our life may be quiet and peaceable and all godliness and reverence. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be praying for one another. It also says in Ephesians chapter 6, 18, talking about praying always with all prayers and supplications for the saints. So when I'm praying and I'm praying in English, I'm praying in the unknown tongue, I may be praying for you. You may be praying for me. We may be praying for somebody halfway around the world, but God is going to use your voice to be able to intercede on somebody else's behalf, supplicate on somebody else's behalf so that you, when you pray, you release a God to intervene in that person's life. When a person doesn't know how to pray for themselves, God will wake you up in the Middle of the night and say, Hey, can I use you to pray? And when he wakes you up in the middle of the night and says, Hey, I I want you to use you to pray, he's gonna have you, he's gonna give you the utterance, he's gonna give you the words to be able to speak. And you may not know ever know who that person is, but when you begin to pray, you release God to go forth, you release power to be ministered to that person, you release healing to go forth, you release wholeness to go forth, you release protection to go forth around that person in the name of Jesus. You matter. You matter. I don't care who else ever told you in life that you don't matter. I'm here to tell you right now. You matter. You matter to God. In fact, God loves you so much. He cherishes you so much that he, that he, he is always thinking good thoughts about you constantly. He's, he's never thinking a bad thought about you ever. No matter what it is you're doing, God is not sitting like, oh man, Billy, gag on it. Oh, I knew you was going to, you know, God don't roll that way. God loves you. He may not always condone what you do, but he, he never stops loving you no matter what. So tonight, what we're gonna talk about, man, we're gonna talk about part number six, not after today. (laughs) Turn to your neighbor and say, not after today. Turn to your other neighbor and say, Not after today. What are you talking about? Not after today. Not after today. Not after today. Am I going to be going? Not after today. Am I going to be going through the same things I used to go through? Not after today. Am I going to be making the same decisions I used to make? Not after today. Am I going to walk in the same things I used to walk in? Not after today. Am I going to be be confused and bound up with stuff that that I used to have authority over me, but now I have authority over them. But I'm letting it slap me left, right, and center. Not after today. Not after. In fact, you got it. You got to get some show enough attitude. See, think about it. Is sometimes believers try to be too cute. Not after today. You know, trying to be all nice. Not after today, Mister Devil. No, no, bro. Not after today. It ends right now. I draw the line in the sand. You years ago when uh i might be dating myself but years ago when you got ready to fight man there wasn't a whole bunch of talking going along you know you put a stick on your shoulder you put a rock on your shoulder and and you say if you knock that off then this, this is what he said about your mama or if you did this he's talking about your daddy and whatever the case may be but at, at some point in time you knew you had already drew a line in the sand if you crossed that line Bro, it's about to go on. And it's the same thing what happens with the adversary. When he crosses that line, when he has audacity to come against you as a child of God, he has the audacity to try to come against your finances. He tries the audacity to come against your family. He has the audacity to try to touch anything concerning you. You got to draw the line in the sand and says, Mm-mm, not after today. I have taught, see, the thing about it is people have tolerated far too much. You got to get. Show enough attitude. You have to be righteously indignant about the foolishness that the adversary is trying to keep you in. And I'm here to tell you right now, we're going to share the word of the Lord with you tonight. That you are coming out today. You ain't not not after today. When God says I want you to give the time, not after today. He says not after today, not after today. See, the thing about it is, is this: God says this. He says, he says. My children are to be childlike, but not to be childish. Now he says this in a in First Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse number. He says he says this. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But now that I have become a man, a grown, I am done with childish ways. And have put them aside. In other words, what he's saying is, he said there was a time when you first got born again. There was a time when you first came into the knowledge of God. There was a time when you first had come to the altar and said, "Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior." And you still had, you still had childish ways. Childish ways mean what? You still was acting like somebody who would. What does a child do? A child still, you know, has accidents. A child spills milk. A child bumps his knee. A Child does all these little things, he says. But when you become a man, when you begin to grow up, when you begin to mature, what begins to happen? You put away those childish things, you put away those things that used to help held you bound. You lay those things aside and you make a conscious decision. I'm walking in the things of God. That's it. That's all. See, sometimes when you first get born again, I'm be real. When you first get, when you first received Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you didn't know a whole lot about walking in the things of God, so you still probably cussed a little bit. You might have smoked a little bit. You might have drank a little bit. You might have been doing a whole bunch of other little things, just a little bit. But you're trying to get your way out. But the more that you begin to nurture yourself in the Word of God, the more you begin to grow up in the things of God. The more you begin to understand who you were and the position that you had with God. You says, Mm-mm, not after today. I'm putting." That I've had enough is enough, you know. Last, when you talk about when God says enough, is when you say enough, enough is enough. I'm not putting up with that stuff. Now, the thing about it is, God never wants you to be deceived. See, God doesn't want you to be deceived, that's why He gave you. In Ephesians chapter four, verse number 11, he talks about this. He says that he says he himself, talking about Jesus, has gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Why did he give you pastors, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and teachers? Well, he answers the question, for the equipping or the maturing of the saints. The only way you're going to begin to be put off those childish ways, the only way you're going to be able to grow up in the things of God is you're going to have to be mature and you got to be taught and you're going to have to be equipped with the word of God so you can grow up. And, and, and you, when you begin to grow up, you will begin to recognize when childish things are coming up against you. So you'll find out this, glory be to God. He says, not only are you, he's going to cause you to grow up and mature, he's going to cause you to grow up and mature for what purpose? So you can do works of the ministry for the edifying or building up or the growing of the body of Christ until we all come to the unity of, faith, of the of faith and of the knowledge of the son of God. See, the thing about it is God never expected you to stay a baby the rest of your life. See, if you was, if you was four months old, and you and you was having accidents on yourself. Okay, that's what a four year old does. But if you 24 years old and you mature and you still have no same accident on yourself, you can't get to the washroom and there's nothing medically or physically wrong with you. Then we're going to be looking at you like, bro, what's up? What's going on with you? It's the same thing in the body of Christ. When you begin to get in the body of Christ and God, Jesus said, I'm a providing you these gifts. I'm providing these tools. I'm providing my word. I'm providing the Holy Spirit. I'm providing all these things to help you to begin to grow. And it's like somebody who goes to the gym. When I first got born again, I'm going to tell on myself. When I first got born again, I mean, on the outside, because I used to go to the gym all the time. I was like, pop, pa pop, pa, pa, pa. I mean, I have muscles on top of muscles and I'm standing in the mirror one day. I'm in the gym and I'm, I'm flexing and I'm, I'm, ooh, I'm feeling good about myself, but I'm freshly born again. And, and the Lord said this. I never forget. I didn't even know it was the Lord at the time. He said that he said on the outside, he said, you are rock solid. He says, but on the inside, he gave me something that I can understand. He says on the inside, you as your spirit, man, as is skinny as one of those children that you see on those uh, feed the children commercials and I was stunned and he's like, see what I need you to do I need you to build up your your inner man to be stronger than your outer man. He says, because as long as your any outer man is stronger than your any man, your inner man, you will always be led by your flesh. So that put me on a journey that day. I said, you know what, starting today, I'm going to begin to get in the word of God because the word of God says in first Peter chapter two, verse one talks about, you know, uh, grow, uh, desire to sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Then it will nurture you and cause you to grow. And that, you know, as you're according to Ephesians chapter four, verse 11, how, you know, he's giving you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers to mature you or to grow you up so that you can do the works of the ministry. So I made it a point that day that out after the day I'm going. I'm not. I'm not only going to work on my outer man because I still went to the gym. In fact, I stopped going to the gym for a while and and just focused on my inner man because I to, I needed my inner man to be stronger than my outer man so I'm not being led by my. Five physical senses. What it's talking about being led by your flesh is talking about being led by your five physical senses. Glory be to God. Now, why? Remember, he says, "I'm giving you these people so that you're not that you can grow up." He also says this in verse fourteen. He says, "So that you are you that you should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about." with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. In other words, the reason why he's giving you apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, he's giving you his word, he's giving you the Holy Spirit so that you can see for yourself. In fact, that's the very reason why we put the scriptures on the screen and we give you the address. I never want you to take up, never take the word of, uh, a word of a man unless he can show it to you in the word of God. And even after he shows it to you in the word of God, you make sure you go back and you study it for yourself so you can make sure you hear it in the proper context. In the proper context, I need you to make sure that when you're hearing the word, that you're you're we're gonna teach you the word in its proper context, line upon line, precept upon upon precept. I need you to make sure that you're you write the addresses down, and then you go back, you or your family or friends, you go back and you write these addresses down, and that's why we put the the, the what the what the point is. On there as well so that you will understand exactly what's being said that's the same reason why we put it on on Facebook and YouTube and and Twitter and on uh, other platforms and we have a podcast that ignite to life we put it on there as well why so even after you hear this message you can go back and you can hear it again and you can hear it again and you can hear it again why because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God see I want you to know something God is not going to bring you out. God has already brought you out. See, God's not going to bring you out of darkness. God has already brought you out of darkness. In fact, in accordance to uh 1 Peter chapter 2. And, and verse number nine, it says this, he says this, he says, but you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. He says a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. See, God is not going to call you out of darkness. God has already called you out of darkness and you answered the call. See, the thing about it is he's already sending the word out there to call people out of darkness. He'll have this person speak a word to you. He'll have this person say it in the program. He'll say, have this person say it in the song. He'll have this person say it on your job. He's already calling and he's sounding the alarm. Come out of darkness, come out of darkness, come out of darkness. And sometimes, people hear, but they don't hear and they see, but they don't see. And God says, I've already made a way of escape that you will be able to bear it. Now, when we talk about darkness, we're not talking about your lights being cut off. We're not talking about you going outside and the sun is in. When we're talking, when the word of God is talking about darkness, what it refers to is this. Darkness means there's an absence of light, that the quality or state which renders anything difficult to be understood have you ever been trying to think about something and and trying to study something or trying to meditate on something and no matter how much you keep trying to it just seems like you can't uh, get uh, understanding at all and it says it also is a state of being intellectually clouded you can't think straight you can't understand because there's no light it's just darkness all around and he says he says but god has already called you out of situation out of that state where it's difficult for you to understand he's already called you out of state where it being' it's, you're intellectually clouded he says I've called you out of that he says but I've called you out of the darkness and I put I've called you into the marvelous light what is light light deals with being something that's illuminated it is something to shine or make manifest it also is especially by a is luminous. Like we said last week about how in accordance to uh, Psalms 119 and 130, how it says the interest of God's word brings light. The interest of God's word brings illumination. The interest of God's word brings revelation. And what happens when you get revelation? It shows you the way that you are to go. That's why it's always important to make sure that whatever you listen to, that you when you hear the word, the word is talking about bringing you out of darkness and to the marvelous light. And see, for us, that's why it is imperative that we can't be silent. We can't be quiet. We can't hold our mouths quiet. We can't not say or speak forth what the word of God says. Why? It says because in accordance to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number three and four, I'm reading down in the Pastor Translation, it says this. Even if our gospel message is veiled, it is only veiled to those who are perishing. Who are those who are perishing? Verse 4 tells you who they are. The the ones who's perishing, for their minds have been blinded by the God of this age. Who's the God? This This is not talking about God, Jehovah. This is talking about the adversary, because Satan is the is the lowercase God over this. Kingdom aid over this age. He's not. He's not the God over the entire world. He's. He's. He is. He has authority over the 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 age on Earth. But he. He had authority on Earth. But over this system, this world system, he is. He's the God over this age. And and what is he trying to do? He wants to blind you. He wants to. He wants to bring darkness over you. Why? Because he knows that when he blinds you or tries to veil the gospel before you, it leaves you in unbelief. His goal is to leave you in unbelief. He also says that in the word, it says their blindness keeps them from seeing the day spring light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the divine image of God. So what will the adversary do? He'll try to give you all kind of arguments. And reasonings and theories that try to exalt themselves higher than the Word of God to, to, in order to, to try to blind you, or keep you obscured from the light, keep you in darkness where it's hard for you to understand, make it where you are intellectually clouded so you cannot see the truth. But that's why when you and I, as men and women of God, as people in the body of Christ who are sent forth to speak forth the word, when we speak the word of God, what happens when you speak the word of God? You bring light. You are bringing light on the situation. Did you know in Genesis chapter one, when God, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says in verse two, that there was darkness around the cover the earth and, and water cover the earth and it was dark. And how did God cause the, the darkness to go and the light to shine? He said, light be and light was. How do you cause the darkness to go from around you? How do you cause the darkness to go away from around your family? How do you go- cause the darkness around your, around your situation and your circumstance, your workplace, whatever the case? When you walk into play, you say, in the name of Jesus, I speak life. And you speak the word of God. You speak the word of God over your family. You speak the word of God over your over your job, you speak the word of God over your community, you speak the word of God over your government, you speak the word of God over yourself. When you do that, what happens when the light shines, when you speak the word, it's like clicking the light on. And what happens when you click the light on? The darkness has to flee. Did y'all see that? When you speak the word over whatever dark situation is going on, when you speak the word of God over that situation, the darkness that's caused, uh, made it hard to be able to understood, make it clouded. You're intellectually clouded. And there's no, app when you speak the word, the light shines and the darkness has to flee. Glory be to God. I do want to share this with you, that God shared with me to share it with you. He says this, he says, nothing just happens. He says sin has no dominion or rulership over you when you're in Christ, unless you give place or opportunity to it. Sin never just happens. He says, whether knowingly or unknowingly, you would have to give place or opportunity to it to have rule over you or your life. Nothing just happens, but it, but it has no place or rulership over you For you've been brought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your spirit and body, which are His. So sin does not have dominion over you. Sin does not even have rule over you. How can you say that? Well, the word of God says, see right now the adversary will try to convince you there's no way out of your situation. There's no way out of your circumstances. There's no way out, but I'm gonna show you no matter how long you've been doing, no matter how long it's been going on, you can come out today. In fact, you will come out today in the name of Jesus. I wanna let you know this first and foremost. You are dead to sin. I I know. Pause and think about that. You are dead to sin. In fact, it says in Romans chapter 6, verse number 11, it says this. It says, likewise, you also to reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you have ever called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you are dead to sin. If you have not received Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior, but you like to, man, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that here shortly. And it says, but if you are in Christ, if you are have ever received Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you are dead to sin, but you're alive unto God. In fact, it says, Therefore, he says, because you're dead to sin, because Christ has already paid the price for you, because you are in Christ Jesus, he says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you shall obey its lust. See, just confirm what God said, even though it didn't say sin was dead, it just says, you're dead to the effects of it. In other words, it don't have any power over you. It's like you going to a homecoming or you going to a a home going or going to a funeral and that person's laying in the casket. You can go up there and you can flick him on his nose. You can can pinch his eyes. You can slap his cheeks. No matter what you do to it, that body's not going to move. No matter what you do to it, that body's not going to get up and retaliate against you. It only can do something if that body still has life and sin. It can only do something to the point to which you allow it into your life. See, it says you don't you don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Uh, that you should obey his love. It did not say that every temptation was going to go away. If somebody ever told you, man, you can say you never going to be tempted again. They need to go to the altar and repent for lying because temptations will come. Whether you obey them or not, that's a whole different ballgame. See, you're not only dead to sin, but you are alive unto righteousness. You're alive unto righteousness. In other words, it says this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, and this is the New King James Version. Who bore our sins in his own body on the tree? Who did that? Jesus, that we haven't died to sin. Did y'all see that? You're dead to sin. Say that, I'm dead to sin. He says, but I'm alive for righteousness. You're dead to sin, but you're alive for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. Not that you're gonna be healed in the sweet by and by. Not when we all get to heaven. What a glorious day that's gonna be. No, you are healed now. You are dead to sin now. You live uh, uh, live to righteousness. Right now, I'm gonna tell you about a situation that happened. When I first got born again, I had this one area of my life that man, I was I was having the challenges in. And I was like, Lord, I don't want to do those things. I don't want to, I don't want to even put myself in position for those things to happen. And one day I was sitting at work, I never forget this. I was sitting at my desk and and the, and the adversary said, I'm gonna kill you. And I started laughing at him. And he said, What you laughing at? I said, if you could kill me, I'd already be dead. You have no power over me. The only power you have over me is the is the power that I will give you by yielding to this foolishness. Then he said, then he said, okay. Then he he sends somebody by and they and they trying to tempt me to do old things that I used to do. And was, I'm 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 I got these thoughts. Going on in my head. I'm like, look, I'm trying to cast these thoughts down because that's what I've been talking. Oh, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? And he, and he says, He took me to this scripture. He says, This is what you begin to say. Remember, the adversary was trying to cloud me with darkness, but God says, When you speak my word, light will illuminate and that darkness has to flee. He says, Whatever he says to you, talk to you about what it is you used to do, he says, You tell him this, I am. Dead to sin, but I'm alive unto righteousness. Now, how many times did I have to say that in that day? Probably about 10, 15, 20 times. Why? Because those thoughts kept coming, and if the more those thoughts came every time they came, I'd speak that word, and I'd speak that word, and I speak that word. And guess what happened? eventually that he stopped. And guess what happened? Those thoughts stopped. And guess what happened? Things begin to get bright again. I can see. Every time I spoke the word, it got bright. Every time I spoke the word, it got bright. And he tried to bring the darkness back. But when I spoke the word, it got bright again. You got to understand this. The devil can't make you do anything. I know there used to be this popular comedian back in the day and he says the devil made me do it and sometimes you hear somebody saying it the devil he show is busy he's trying he's kind of he's trying to do this he's trying to do that the devil can't make you do anything even if you if you're not born again he can't make you do anything all he can do is give suggestions for you to do things all he can do is just try to give you this, play this same old song over and over, the same old loop over and over. You're no good. You're no good. You're no good. And he'll just keep saying it over and over and over again till you get to the point where you, if you keep listening to him, you begin to believe it. And when you begin to believe it, you will start saying it and then you will start acting like it. And he can't make you do anything. And as a born again believer, he really know he can't make you do anything, but all he can do is try to tempt you to do it yourself. Do you know that in order for the adversary to get you to kill yourself, he needs your cooperation? Mm -hmm. He He can't do it. If he could do it, he'd have done it, but he has to get you to do it, or he can get somebody to try to come up against you to try to take you out. But man, the word of God says a thousand shall fall at my side in Psalms 91, 10,000 in my right hand, but no harm should come nigh me. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. How do you know that the devil can't just make you do anything? <laughs> here it is. I'm, here it is right here. Romans chapter six, verse 16 says this at the New Living Translation. It says, don't you realize that you become a slave or servant to whatever you choose to obey. What? You become a slave or servant to whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave or a servant to sin, which leads you to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads you to righteous living. Who is the deciding factor? The devil? Nope. God? God? Nope. Your mama, Pookie, Queequee, Shay Shay? Nope. Who's the deciding factor? You are. I am. Whether I serve sin, even as a born again believer, it's my decision. If I live for righteousness and serve God as a born again believer, it's my decision. But no one can make you do it. I'm going to share two more scriptures, and this is where we're going to stop. No, you say if the God, if the devil's not the one who's gonna make me cannot make me do it, and God is not the one who's making me do it, then where in the world is this coming from? Because I've heard people say God's the one who he'll tempt you with evil, he'll tempt you with drugs to see what you're gonna do. He's gonna tempt you with sex just to see what you're gonna do. That is foolishness. Why would God why would you say that's foolishness? Because the word of God, I didn't say it, the word of God said it. He says, he says in, in James chapter 1, verse 13, he says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot, tempt, cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Anyone, anyone, including you, including me, including anywhere in the world. God does not use evil to tempt you, to test you, to try you, and to bring tribulations. God does not do that. I said it. You write it down. Go back and study for yourself. God does not use evil to tempt you. God does not use chaos to come up against you. God does not use chaos to bring a lesson, to try to teach you a lesson. God going to put this cancer on you to teach you about healing. No, God has his word to teach you all those things. He don't have to put you put those things on you. Because what if he put you those things on you and you die before you learn the lesson? Hello? So what's the source of temptation? I'm glad you asked. Y'all so attentive that? Boy, that's so good. What's the source of temptation? I'll tell you. The source of temptation is this. In the course of James chapter 1, Verse 14, it says this, it says, but each it says, God is not the one who tempts you with evil. Neither can he be tempted with evil? How do you end up in temptations? He says this, he says, but each one is tempted. You were tempted when you are drawn away in your own desires and enticed. Then when the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings death. So it doesn't just happen. It happens in stages. You know, first you're, you 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 might be watching the wrong thing. You might be listening to the wrong thing. You might be hanging around the wrong things. You might be thinking about the wrong things and it's beginning to entice. It's going to be something that you already desire and the adversary is just going to feed you with some additional thoughts or send some additional people by, I send some podcasts by, I send some videos by, whatever the case may be, to to entice you. But when you, even though those thoughts are coming at you, you still ain't in sin yet. It says, when it comes again, he says, when those thoughts and stuff and those things are happening to try to entice you, it says, when the desires conceive. In other words, when you give into it, when you begin to make plans for it, or you begin to uh, to watch it a little bit more, you begin to listen to it a little bit more, you begin to see it a little more. You might be hanging out with them a little bit more, telling all your little sweet somethings a little bit more to that person who ain't your wife at your job. Talk about, baby, I, if if you was my man, I would do this for you. No, she won't. She already know you got a you got a wife at home, and she trying to be your. She, be your your extra thing at the job guess what if she will get with you when you with somebody else she will get somebody else when she's with you just a little nugget don't worry about that It was some free he says but when it's conceived it gives birth to sin now even though it is given birth to sin it's you haven't done anything yet. So you're getting all these warning signs, warning, 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 turn, 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 turn it off. Cut it off. Go away from it. Don't speak to it. Don't talk to it. Go this direction. Go that direction. But if you keep if you're going to be stuck up, bruh, duh, and you're going to keep going down that trail into the sin. When sin has fully grown, when it's all, when you don't dare the deed, when you don't carry out the act. It brings death. What's the adversary going to do? You said you were so saved. You said you weren't going to do that no more. You said that you was going to do this and you was going to do that, but ain't nothing different about you. God's telling you this. He says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived, my beloved brother. Don't be deceived, my sister. don't be deceived. don't keep giving into those same old thoughts. Stop giving into those same old temptations. You know what it is. come on let's let's keep it 100. you know? it's kind of like i'm gonna tell you this this one time there was this parrot in his store and when his his man went in this into this pet store and there was this parrot and this parrot when this man walked past that parrot's cage that parrot said to that man he says you are the ugliest man i have ever saw and that pet store owner heard that parrot and he reached in that cage he slapped that parrot don't you ever say that don't you ever say that never no more and he put the parrot back in the cage the next day that guy came into the pet store again The pets, that guy walked past that parrot. That parrot looked at that guy and said, you are the ugliest man I have ever saw. That pet store owner, he was so mad. He grabbed that parrot. He did not tell you that. Don't you ever say that. Never no more. He threw that parrot back in there. A week or so later, that guy, that same guy came by. He walked past that parrot. (laughs) The parrot said, You know. (laughs) You know, in other words, you know what I really want to say. You know what I'm really thinking. And it's the same thing with you, ladies and gentlemen. You know what area it is that you keep giving into. You know what area it is that you've been letting slip. You know what it is that you don't went to God five times crying about the same thing. And God said, the devil has doesn't have authority over you. Sin doesn't have a rule over you. It only has place in your life. As long as you yield to it, as long as you make a decision to obey it. But God says, but not after today. He says, not after today. You got to understand that God already demonstrated his love towards you, how much he loved you when he sent his son, Jesus. And see, today I want you to receive your healing. And this is where we're going to stop. God wants you to receive your healing. How, does he, how do you see your healing? When you confess your sins, see the word God says in James chapter five verse sixteen. He says, "Confess to one another your faults." You, what's your fault? Your you when you confess your sin to each other, and then you pray for each other, so that you may be healed. What happens when you begin to confess your faults? What happens when you begin to confess your sins to one another? Now you, you, I'm not talking about like in the Catholic church where you go into a booth where the priest is one side and you on the other. No, I'm talking about when you know, you have found, even I, as a, as a leader, as a pastor, I have an accountability brothers. I have three of them. And I if when if I'm going through something, I call first, I talk to my wife first. And the next people I talk to is my accountability brothers. And I talk to them and, and and see as long whatever you're willing and expose to the light, it shuts the adversary down. Why? Because he wants you to keep it hidden. He don't want you to tell nobody. He wants you to be in the booth in the back in the corner, keeping it on the download, and it's just you and nobody knows and you struggling. He says, but when you begin to confess it. And, 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 and amplifies as when you confess to one another, therefore your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and you pray also for one another, that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Because the earnest, effectual, heartfelt, continued prayers of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. You're not, not after today, now that you realize and you know that the sin doesn't have authority over you, now that you know that when the temptation comes, you can shut it down by speaking the word over that over situation, and if you don't know no words, I got a word for you, Jesus, you shout out the name of Jesus, guess what happened? The light whoo, comes on the scene, and the darkness has to flee. But if you have somebody that you can trust, you have somebody who you know is, is 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 more mature in the things of God than you, man, confess your faults one to another. You confess your sin first to God, but you confess your fault, man, I'm having issues in this area. Man. I need you to come alongside. I need you to pray with me. I need you to pray for me because the effectual, fervent presence of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. And man, I need your help right now. Will you pray for me? I'm going to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, for everyone who's under the sound of our voice, whose hearts are open and and who will receive this word. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus, Satan's strategies and attacks and schemes that he's had against their lives ceased in his maneuvers and desist in his operations against them now in the name of Jesus. We speak to fear. We speak to perversion. We speak to inferiority. We speak to confusion. We speak to it now and I command it to go in Jesus' name. The light of the God's word has been shined upon it right now in the name of Jesus, and the darkness has to flee. Satan, we command you to flee now in the name of Jesus. Now, Holy Spirit, minister to the to the men and women of God who are under the sound of this voice, who are praying this prayer right now, the earnest, heartfelt prayers now in the name of Jesus. We call you free. We call you healed. We call you set free. We call you delivered. In Jesus' name, if you agree with this prayer, say amen. Now, if you've never had an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life and you lied to tonight, or you know you have, you've made him the head of your life at one point in time, but, man, you know you haven't been living right. Man, let's get that thing right. Let's get it right right now. How do I do that? In accordance to Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says this. The word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with your mouth confession is made unto salvation. Pray that prayer with me right now. Say it out of your mouth, mean it out of your say it out of your mouth, mean it from your heart. Say it with me, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. I do believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe He died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. I receive your offer of forgiveness. I'm born again right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for protecting me. And thank you for restoring me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time or you rededicated your life, we want to welcome you back into the kingdom of God, welcome you back in the right position, and welcome you into right relationship with God. Man, what do you do now? You got to get into a word based church that teaches you about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, but also teaches you about the kingdom of God and about the love of God. We know that Ignite Depot is such a place. So, hey, if you want to join us here each week, every Saturday at 5 p.m., or if you want to join us, we'll rebroadcast the same broadcast tomorrow morning. And you want to join us at at 9.30 a.m., we'd love to have you join us in the name of Jesus as this word goes forth and ministers life and ministers healing to all those who will hear it in the name of Jesus. Now. Like I said in, in the broadcast, hey, if you want to catch us on, uh, on our uh, podcast at Ignite 2 Life podcast, the Ignite the number two and life podcast, you can listen to this message and all the other messages that we've finished before. Now, on behalf of uh, Pastor Juin, and the entire night Nation, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And remember, not after today, you don't have to yield to seeing another day in your life. Because God has already brought you out of darkness and to his marvelous light. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.